You're listening to Festival Grass, a podcast diving into the business and culture of the music festival world. With your hosts, Mario and Shanae. Well, welcome everybody to the newscast in this week's edition Festival During a Pandemic, Ultra Taiwan 2020. Musicians in the UK estimated to lose 65% of income in 2020. Is Tomorrowland exploring a third weekend? drive through Holiday Lights Festival opens near Toronto this weekend. But first, a temporary restraining order granted against Diplo following allegations of sexual misconduct. So, Shania Judge has granted a temporary restraining order to a Los Angeles woman following her accusations of grooming, emotional abuse, and intimidation, amongst other allegations against Diplo. The woman's attorney, Lisa Bloom, requested the restraining order after the plaintiff accused the famed DJ and music producer of disseminating a sexually explicit photo of her as an act of revenge porn that was designed to humiliate her and to scare other women out of coming forward. According to a report published by NBC News, the order requires Diplo to remove any explicit pictures previously posted and refrain from posting more unless he's given written permission. Just before I continue, any quick thoughts there? It's always shocking when you hear that, you know, an artist, if you enjoy the artist or not, has done something like this. But at this point in 2020, I think we can't really be shocked that a lot of sexual misconduct is coming to light. Absolutely. So Diplo's attorney, Brian Friedman, denied the allegations, asserting that his client in no way violated any law He's quoted as saying, there is a mountain of evidence as to why her outrageous claims should not be believed. And we look forward to having our opportunity to present them to the court, he said, adding that the woman has been harassing Diplo's family. Diplo has repeatedly made it clear that he wants nothing whatsoever to do with this person and simply needs her ongoing harassment of his family to end. But according to legal filings, the woman, whose full name is withheld to protect her identity, first met Diplo in 2014. At the time, she was 17 and he was 36. The court documents state that the two started an intimate relationship and, years later, began to exchange sexually explicit images, which the woman trusted Diplo to keep private. The document also revealed that she accused him of recording a sexual encounter even though she told him not to. She eventually went public with her allegations on Twitter writing that the DJ hired a private investigator to contact her in an attempt to scare her into silence and refrain from sharing disgusting details that she knew about him. In a statement provided to the Daily Beast, Bloom said that she is in contact with three other women who have similar allegations against Diplo. She says, We are happy to speak for free and confidentially to any girls or women who also may have something against Diplo. We have spoken to a number of them so far, and we're continuing our investigation. There's a few things in there that we need to unpack because it seems like there is this, well, there's a pushback, obviously, from Diplo and his and his lawyers. But there's also multiple cases here where there are other women involved. And then there's the question of, is it ever, ever, ever a good idea to have sexually explicit photos made with someone who is not your husband? Or anyone, for that matter? Um, I mean, I think it's just a matter of respect between two people. If you choose with your partner at the time to share photos between each other, that they're in those moments, they're personal photos. They should always remain personal. That being said, you never know who you can trust. You can think that you trust somebody in those moments. And then after 
they leaked those things, but at the end of the day, they didn't have permission to reveal those to anybody else. The wisdom there is don't put anything into the internet or into anyone else's hands that you don't want to potentially be released because unfortunately humans are fallible and no love is forever and uh, and things change. But this doesn't absolve Diplo. If, if he indeed posted anything, this, this does make him the miscreant here. And Shanae, it was only about a month ago that we were ranting and raving about Diplo and the fact that he had created a meditation app to help for Mental Health Awareness Day. And is currently causing somebody or multiple people serious amounts of harm. Exactly. I just want to point out also that by saying people shouldn't put photos out there like this, it's it's leaning towards victim blaming because we're in a day and age in society where that's become normal and that's become a part of a romantic relationship or a sexual relationship. And we should be blaming the people that are putting out there and saying your behavior is just inexcusable. And regardless of how things end with somebody, you should not be putting those photos out there to share with other people. I mean, of course, I'm speaking just about the wisdom of the fact that if you really want to make sure that no one ever does this to you, just don't you put your neck out this far in the first place. And I don't think that is, I mean, when it comes to these kinds of issues where, you know, it's photos of a very, very personal nature, unless you really trust this person a hundred and thousand percent, which maybe that is the question, like, when do you know that you trust someone that much? Because you could in a moment and then the next moment not because he betrays that trust. So there you go. But Right. And in, in a situation like this, he's also formed relationships with vulnerable women. This girl was 17 when he met her and began a romantic relationship. So even if it wasn't until she was a legal age that they started sending photos, he still gained that trust in a position of power because he was already this idolized person. And then she spent her teen years believing all the good in him because, you know, that's the privacy of their relationship. Well, we're going to have a deep dive about this. We're going to discuss these topics in length and then some, but safe to say that she asked him not to film her or to to, to create the content. And he did that anyway, which was already betraying her trust because she, she told him no. So there's a lot. And ignoring consent. And ignoring consent, exactly. So there's enough evidence that, that he's probably guilty, in my opinion, if some of these things, if even just a few of them are true, but it's all going to come out because these things are now being taken seriously, which is nice. The tide is turning. And, you know, if there's multiple sources as well, other women, um, as unfortunate as that is, it does give all of this a little bit more power. And if uh, if he needs to go down, he needs to go down. That's just the way it's going to be. Musicians in the UK estimated to lose 65% of their income in 2020. According to a new report by UK Music, musicians may lose two-thirds of their income this year. This is due, of course, to shutting down venues, festivals, and live shows. The report states that the figure may be higher, rising to over 80% for those most dependent on live performances and recording studio work. COVID-19 has triggered a domino effect within the music industry. According to the survey from Musicians Union, which is quoted in the UK Music Report, 87% of musicians say that they will face financial hardship, while one-third of musicians did not even qualify for support. UK Music is pushing for measures that will help musicians in the industry to recover. This includes a VAT exemption on concert tickets, government backing for live music insurance schemes, business rates relief for concert venues, and a task force to establish protocols on testing and safety at venues. 
Yeah, well, you know, thanks to the UK is the first thing I'm thinking because they've really they're they're really spending a lot of time on all this, figuring out the numbers and look the the report here is really lovely. We're going to link it in the show notes. They just do a great job. I mean, this thing is beautiful. They publish it like a magazine. We we all know that this is happening. I'm just I'm I'm kind of surprised that we're scouring the internet for all of this information and the UK is leading it in terms of their reports. And, and I mean, Australia is doing a little bit, but the United States is doing nothing. We don't hear anything out of them, mostly because they haven't shut down nationally as much as the UK has or we have in Canada. But we've certainly seen places close around here. We've certainly seen the live music industry suffer. And it's just getting worse because we're locking down again. So in the city of Toronto, the fourth largest in North America. So this is going to be felt, it's going to reverberate into 2021 and further. There is something here I want to read. It's at the end of their prospectus. And it says, pre-COVID-19, our intention this year was to make relatively few changes to the methodology that was updated last year for music by numbers. The 2019 report combined for the first time the measuring music and wish you were here reports. As the year progressed, it was very apparent that reliable economic data is more important now than ever before. The scope, definitions, and methodology remain the same as last year. I'm telling the story behind the numbers, however. We have been mindful in how we describe economic contribution in 2019 in light of the devastating impact of COVID-19 in 2020. And they go on to describe the data capture and all these kinds of things. You know, if you guys are interested in it, you should definitely read this because super important to uh, to first know all of the realities that are involved in this. And it's not just the actual musicians, which, you know, people turn up to look for and, you know, enjoy and all that. And that's, but they're just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to where the money is funneling, because they basically support the careers of a ton of other people who are in production, who are in management, who are in distribution. <laughs> you know, it's just this massive ecosystem that's completely been destroyed. It's sad. It's really sad. And I mean, Seeing this information, it's not necessarily what we didn't already know about the industry, but it's really just putting those numbers in place and showing us uh, through the actual data. Yes, absolutely. And this is a reflection the world over. Just because we're hearing it out of the UK does not mean it's any less true of anywhere else in the world. So it is a global situation here. We hope that the governments do what they need to do to make sure that this industry can rebound properly in 2021 and moving forward. Be sure to keep tuning in weekly for our Music Festival newscast and subscribe to our Deep Dives, our bi-monthly in-depth topical discussion show with interviews and guests that will bring you insight and knowledge. Link in the show notes. All right. Is Tomorrowland exploring a third weekend, Sinead? That is the question. What do you think? I think if they're looking to reduce the amount of number of attendees in every weekend or week, then a third weekend would be a smart decision. Yes, you're right. And there could also be another reason. Now, the festival's website states that the 16th edition will take place over two weekends in the summer of 2021. But a Belgian newspaper has floated the idea that Tomorrowland may add a third weekend in that same year. Le Soir published an article about Tomorrowland on Sunday and it got shared on Reddit. The story explains that people who purchased tickets for 2020 have had their passes transferred to 2021. Almost no one asked for refunds. That follows what is on the festival's website. In addition, the site says, the 16th edition of Tomorrowland will take place in the summer of 2021 and the dates will be July 16th to 18th and July 23rd to 25th. 
And there is no mention, let's be clear, of a third weekend on the Tomorrowland official website. However, on the Reddit responses, users had a range of thoughts on the third weekend rumor. One user commented, it's true, the organizers think to add a third weekend, but I think the 2021 edition will be postponed again. Another user opined that there will be a third weekend whenever the summer festival returns, whether it's next year or the year after, especially if it's in 2022 or somewhere later, he wrote. It's an easy way to try and to get some money back as the market will be huge for it. I mean, it already is huge, but now with a minimum one-year break and probably two, it will be even bigger. Shanae, what do you think about the postulations of these two gentlemen on Reddit? Yeah, well, I think it's expensive, obviously, to run the festival itself. Having everything already set up and really only paying for the length of time you're keeping those things, fencing, washrooms, stages, things like that. And then having employees run, staff run the weekends of or the setup and tear down, it's definitely it's definitely more financially feasible to do the three weekends if you have the demand for it. I mean, they're very conflicting opinions as well. One doesn't even think it'll happen next year, thinks it'll be pushed even further into 2022. So that's bizarre. But you know my feeling on this. I think till September of next year, Anything that's scheduled before that is maybe 35% chance uh, that it will go forward and 65% chance that it will not. And some of it is simply going to be due to restrictions that are going to be put on. Just the safety measures are just going to, I don't know, it's just going to create a difficult situation. They're presuming here that the 2021 Tomorrowland is going to go on with exactly the same amount of draw that it had in previous years which is upwards of 200,000 people, right? That's insanity. We've already discussed it many times. It's not just that they need to get vaccinated. They then have to prove it. You're going to get people that don't want to bother getting tested. They're going to resist. They're going to they're going to be naysayers out there, anti, anti-vacciners, whatever. And then it's it's just, you know, the European government is in control here or the European Union and they're going to, you know, they legislate rules across all the countries in Europe. So I don't know. We'll have to find out. This is a mystery that's going to play itself out. We'll keep you guys posted. Would you like to be on the show if you or someone you know is a journalist with a relevant article topic or can speak to a story we have covered? Please click or forward the guest sign up link in the show notes. We'd love to have you on. Don't be shy. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Drive-Through Holiday Lights Festival opens up near Toronto this weekend. As we head into a stricter lockdown for those in the Toronto and Peel regions of Ontario, we're actually provided a small light at the end of the tunnel, pun intended. A Holiday Lights drive-through in Vaughan has opened up until January 7th. This drive-through gives you and your household an opportunity to celebrate while maintaining regulations put out to curb the spike in COVID cases. Holiday Nights of Lights is an immersive drive through experience that includes over 1 million LED lights through which visitors can experience over 16 million unique colors. The show takes about 30 minutes to drive through and is synchronized to holiday music that people will be able to hear in their cars by tuning in to the radios to the proper FM stations. I think that this seems like an exciting opportunity to go out and still, you know, be safe in Ontario. Of course, it's it's no rave, it's no festival, but... What are your thoughts, Mario? Well, I think this would be a beautiful thing to go to. 
like you mentioned, regardless of the lack of party. But every city should have something like this. It's magnificent. I've been checking out a few of the images here. Absolutely spectacular. They've done a wonderful job. And I think at the end of the day, what I'm really impressed by, or at least I'm thankful for, is that there is money that's going into this because one person's opinion might be, oh, this is so gratuitous. Maybe that money could be better spent on, you know, helping the homeless. But on the other hand, it's going to give people an opportunity to go out and look at something and be awed and feel the sort of the, the majesticness of the season. I mean, we're looking for silver linings. We're looking for things that feel good to us right now. And, uh, you know, it's hard enough that we may not have the ability to travel and see loved ones and we have to keep our Christmas and our holiday season small, however we celebrate it. And I think that this is this is one of the situations or at least it's one of the examples of something that can bring joy to people's lives because by the photos themselves, it looks absolutely magnificent. And I'm glad that the city of Toronto, which I'm very proud to live in, has done something like this. And I hope that other places around the world, if, you know, if their cities can afford it, will do something like this as well. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity. And like you said, it's going to bring joy to people, which I think, right, especially right now, is very important. Okay, festival during a pandemic, Shanae, Ultra Taiwan 2020. Now it's called The Road to Ultra. And it took place on November 14th at the Dajia Riverside Park in the capital of Taipei with a stunning view of the city. In the West, obviously, we have been bereft of even the smallest gatherings, let alone a fully-fledged festival in the middle of this pandemic. However, unlike many countries, Taiwan has had no domestic cases of COVID for 200-plus days, the last one being recorded on April 12th, Sinead. Isn't that crazy? It's no wonder that they are allowed to have this massive festival. Now, for such a large-scale show, Sinead, though, there were some regulations that were specifically implemented for COVID protection. Attendees had to do the following. Complete an epidemic prevention form, get their temperature taken, have their hands sprayed with rubbing alcohol upon entry to the festival grounds. And additionally, on its website, it stated that attendees must also wear a mask during the entire duration of the event. However, reports after the event were that the enforcement of that specific policy was only at the entry point and not throughout the festival. Yeah, doing some research, I mean, I can see since COVID started, Taiwan has only had 617 cases, period, ever. They had over 500 recover and they had seven deaths. So they did really well curbing this virus. And of course, I'm super jealous that they were in a a position to hold a festival and safely. But I think at least, you know, implementing additional safety measures still was a priority to them, even though they didn't necessarily need it. And I think that that shows a lot in terms of the organizer's perspective of providing safety and providing a peace of mind to their attendees. Absolutely. Look, it's evident that they put in a lot of work into this event. I saw some photos. The stages were beautiful. It, it looked really well done. Um, and then other reports from the event communicated that the layout was really well organized. Traffic flowed smoothly. The entries worked perfectly. And that overall, it was a huge success. And as we mentioned in previous episodes, Ultra, you know, was facing lawsuits over not refunding tickets for their canceled events in the United States. So this is a this is a big win for them and a much needed boost to their bottom line, no doubt. Now, there is an extra level to this story, Shanae, a little bit of uh, mischievousness here, but it just, just just goes to show how seriously 
that Taiwan takes their protocols. And that's the reason that they're in this position in the first place. So four performers were fined at this ultra event for violating the country's quarantine guidelines. Each artist has been fined around 351 United States dollars. And this was because they had or should have been staying inside of their designated rooms for the 14-day isolation period. However, one of the artists posted a video online showing the quartet contravening the country's policies of one person per room. So while the artists aren't accused of hitting the town or being reckless or going out drinking all night or being around public, they are said to have met up in the designated quarantine building, shared a meal, and rehearsed for the show. They were just rehearsing for the show, Shanae, and they get slapped with fines. I mean, of course, for them in those moments, they were probably quite offended and really upset over getting this fine because to them, they are just doing their job. But I think that it's important to, you know, follow the guidelines as best as possible and at least communicate with, you know, whatever officials you have to coming into that if you do need rehearsal time before the quarantine is over. Absolutely. Those are wise words. I will say in closing that, uh, you know, I commend Taiwan. They they are leading by example. And I am I am properly envious of their road to ultra Taipei 2020. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely I wish I was there getting my boogie on. But this just goes to show that if we do what we need to going through the winter of 2020, 2021, um, we could look forward to a better summer uh, where these events are going to be allowed wherever we live, because I know a lot of the other countries around the world are not in the same stage. And Taiwan won by closing their borders early, having really tight regulations for travel and really implementing contact tracing, technology enforced quarantines. And obviously widespread mask wearing, which everyone still seems to refute as not working against super spreading. Now, of course, I will also say that Taiwan had developed all of these systems and protocols because of the experience that they had with SARS about a decade ago. And it didn't quite end up over here as deadly as it was there. So it scared them as much as it has scared us now having come over this last time. So perhaps we can look forward to having more people take it a bit more seriously going forward. You know, we need to believe in the science, right, Shanae? And then, you know, we have to listen to what our government policies are because they are trying to look after our best interest. All conspiracies aside, at the end of the day, I think everyone's going to realize that no one's out to get you and you just need to, you just need to be safe. And if you're someone who wants to go dance next year, you know, tell your friends to uh, buckle up, get serious and follow the rules for a short period of time so we can all get back on our feet next year and uh, dance at massive festivals again. Yeah, like the TikTok trend says, just because you're over the pandemic doesn't mean the pandemic's over. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on another week's Festival Grasp. Make sure to subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or via your chosen podcast collector, so you'll never miss us talking into your ears again. And while you're at it, if you find value in what we are discussing, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It's like telling a friend about it, but better. And it gives us a chance in that big old world out there. I know we're just getting to know each other, but come on, show us some love. We're here for you. You're here for us. So let's do this thing. To sign up as an expert guest on the show, to leave us a question or message, 
or to jar tip your support, follow the appropriate links in the show notes. Be sure to keep tuning in weekly for our music festival newscast and subscribe to Deep Dives, our bi-monthly in-depth topical discussion show with interviews and guests that will bring you insight and knowledge. Link in the show notes. This podcast edited by GBA Recordings. For me, Mario. And Shanae. See you next time. Bye.